0: Turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter one and verse eighteen. Philippians chapter one and verse eighteen. I uh, recently recorded David Phelps singing um, a song about the end times, uh, "No More Night." And uh, he, as he was singing, he just was full of the Lord. You could just see it all over his face. He. He was worshiping God and, and, and just his heart was full. And I looked as the camera spanned the crowd, as they were singing about the, the joys of heaven and the, the things that no more night, no more tears, uh, no more crying again, uh, and, and praise the Lord for what's going on. And uh, just saw the, the tears on some of the people that would just run down their cheek as they were thinking about the, the great blessing, that is ahead for us one day when we get to heaven. And uh, there was a joy there. There was a, a smile, you know, even when, when the tears are flowing, a smile, uh, just thinking about that time. Uh, but, you know, as, as God's people, we need His joy in difficult times, don't we? And uh, sometimes you may feel in your own life that as you go through a difficult time, uh, you're, you're discouraged or whatever, and, and God ends up encouraging you, whether through a song that someone sings or, or through something else. Uh, but we all need that joy in these difficult times. And, and Paul is writing is from a prison cell, and he is talking about the fact that even though these things have happened, he is choosing to rejoice. He is choosing, as an act of his will, to take his joy... In the Lord, and and to have joy uh, with His relationship with God, Um, and I believe each one of us needs to make a choice to rejoice in the times of difficulty, Uh, and that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. So, look with me at uh, verse eighteen. What does it matter? He's speaking. You remember he's speaking about the gospel. Some were sharing it with good motives, and some without good motives. But he says, "What does it matter?" Just that in every way, whether out of false motives or truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice, because I know that this will lead to my deliverance through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Uh, so, he's he's uh, choosing to rejoice. I will rejoice, Um Choosing to rejoice is not always the most easy thing to do. Uh, Sometimes you don't feel like rejoicing, but you choose to rejoice, and then the Holy Spirit gives you the power to rejoice. Uh, Why does he choose to rejoice? Well, he gives three reasons why. Uh, One is he rejoices and chooses to rejoice because problems end in God's salvation. He says, I know this will lead to my deliverance. Now, that word deliverance... Um, is the same word that's used and often translated salvation. Some believe that he was talking about the uh, deliverance that would come as getting out of his prison cell. Uh, but I think he's he's using it in kind of an ambiguous way to, to mean probably that, but also that, that regardless of his circumstances, whatever's going on in his life, it will end in salvation. Um, as God's people... We know the end of the story. We know what Jesus will do. Uh, He actually quotes the same identical wording that is found in Job chapter 13. Job says, all these things that are going on, and you're accusing me of wrongdoing. Maybe Paul had the same thing going on. But he says, you're accusing me of wrongdoing. But he he says, I know that this will result in salvation. I know that regardless of what I'm going through... The end is deliverance. Uh, another scripture says you've seen what God did with Job, the end of God, and how he, how he uh, worked in Job's life, and he blessed him twice as much as he had before. Um, this is what God has said. The end of God is to bring his blessing. There may be seasons of trouble. There may be seasons of hardship, but that is what God does. That's his nature uh, with his children. And so uh, then that ultimate deliverance will come. Uh, I can't imagine what it must be like to wait in a prison cell knowing that you are going to be killed for your faith. Um, I was reading an email this week. There's a a prisoner, a a, a pastor in Iran that that they have arrested, and and they were to bring him to court this week. And I haven't heard what happened with that, but they told him in his captivity that they were going to hang him. And then he got you the proverbial hanging judge uh, was to preside over his trial. And what it must feel like to be sitting in a cell knowing that you're condemned probably to a, a hanging that's yet to come or some other kind of, of, of putting to death. And how do you have joy in that kind of circumstance? Well, I, I think there's only one way, and that is to put your eyes on the Lord and to put your eyes on your hope. Uh, we have a hope in Jesus. This life is a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, and, and what we do for Christ is, we talked about this morning, we lay up treasure in heaven. We can look forward to that. But, but that looking forward to that time where there's a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, uh, and no problems. I mean, can you think about that for a second? There will never be bad news. Now there will be in hell, but not where we're going. Those of us who trusted Christ, there'll be uh, it'll be a place where there's always good. Everybody will do the right thing. Can you imagine such a place? Everybody will be kind. Uh, no uh, shaking a fist in traffic. If I don't know if we'll drive cars there, we may not need them. Jesus just kind of appeared where he wanted to, uh, with his glorified body. So. But whatever the case, there won't be any of that stuff anymore. There will be a a joy that is beyond description. And I don't even think we can completely wrap our minds around it. And so Paul says, whatever's happened here, the end is salvation. Now, salvation for the Christian is past, present, and future. I have been saved because I I put my trust in Jesus a number of years ago. I am being saved because the Bible says I'm kept by the power of God for the salvation that's to be revealed. But then I will be saved in the future because Jesus is going to come back and he's going to consummate the salvation. Because right now, I'm living between two time periods. I have my old nature that's part of that old uh, self that I was, but I have a new nature that Jesus Christ has given me. But when Jesus comes back, I'll be completely saved. I'll have the full blessings of the new covenant. His His law will be written upon my heart it perfectly. And I'll have a heart to serve him all the time. I'll have a, a body that will be new and won't be sick. So my salvation is yet future. So fall, that's what Paul's talking about. He says, I, I, I know it will end in salvation. So wherever I am now, it's going to get better. Uh, One person said, I'm just one day closer to the kingdom. That makes every day better than the day before. Uh, I can make it through the day knowing that tomorrow I'm just one day closer to the Lord. Uh, God gives us grace for each day, but uh, fix your hope on that salvation that, that Jesus is bringing because uh, what an amazing hope we have. And, and and Paul says, that gives me joy in my circumstance and I choose to rejoice because I know what's coming. I choose to put my focus. You know, a lot of people choose to focus on the negative. Their life is spent in grumbling about everything. Um, you, you've ever... Uh, known someone whose glass is always half empty, you know, you, you're in a good mood and you come and you, it, I, I remember there were some people like that I went to college with and, and you come sit at the table and by the time you were done, you were completely discouraged, <laughs> you know, and it's, it was all negative, there was no bright spot anywhere, you're, oh, what we have to do and oh, what happened to us and oh, you know, and, and uh, they just kind of squelched the joy, Um. But we have a choice of where we put, put our focus. You know, Paul said, I take my thoughts captive. Uh, and, and the idea is that I can choose what I think about. I can choose what I dwell upon. I can either dwell upon what's negative. I can, And it's not that you don't, you don't solve problems. You don't, you, you don't consider those things and, and, and that kind of thing. But what you dwell on needs to be the things of God. If you're to have joy, there's no other way to have joy but then to have the right kind of mindset uh, in your walk with God. And so he says, "I I will rejoice because I know this will lead to my deliverance. But then he also chooses to rejoice because people are praying. We need to choose to rejoice because people are praying for our needs. Now, that assumes, of course, that you are a member of the body of Christ. You are, are are coming to the to the church, or that uh, you know if there's some you are connected to the church. If you know if there's a sickness or something you can't come, but that you that there's a connection there. That's one of the greatest blessings of being part of the body of Christ is that we have the prayers of each other. Uh, one of the greatest encouragements I've experienced is is to have somebody tell me, "Hey, you know I've been praying for you." Uh, Especially this week, you know, God laid you on my heart, uh, and uh, you know, and I'm praying for you. That's an encouragement. But but to know that God's people care and are lifting you up is such a blessing. Uh, there there was a song they used to sing: "Someone is praying for you, someone is praying for you." So if you feel your your life is ending and your heart would break in two. Remember, someone is praying for you. That's an encouragement. Paul said, hey, I know and I have confidence I I can choose to rejoice because I know that God will respond to the prayers of his people. And so I'm choosing to rejoice before the answer even gets to where I'm at. I'm choosing to rejoice because I know God responds to the prayers of his people. Uh, so there can be a hope, uh, a joy. Uh, I remember uh lady, my secretary at my last church, her name was Joquetta Smith, and uh, she was a, a great person of faith, uh, but she she was praying about her husband. Her husband, I you know, I've been in a lot of hospital rooms over the years, and I've heard, uh, you know, where the nurse asks you all the things you have and everything, and, and that you list those things, well, yeah, I've got this and I've got that. He's the only one I've ever seen that nearly checked every single one. I mean, he he was the most unhealthy person. And he had an aneurysm that was very dangerous. And they told him he had a 25% chance, I believe, or maybe it was 30% chance, real low, uh, a chance of making it through surgery for that aneurysm. But they said if he didn't have the surgery, he would be dead within a year. So they struggled with it and they prayed and they decided to go ahead and do the surgery and and there's one night i they they came in and and she was sitting on the front pew and uh, i said we're going to pray for Dan and she said no she said Dan is going to be all right and i said i said yeah we'll pray for him no Dan is going to be all right and so i okay <laughs> you know, and uh, uh so i I went up to it afterwards and I was talking to her, and, and she said, uh, God gave me the greatest peace today that He's going to come through this. And I feel like I have a word from God. And so she was rejoicing. She had a big old smile across her face. No, He's going to be all right. And so uh, I went to the surgery, and uh, the doctor came out, and uh, he had this big smile on his face, and he said, it couldn't have gone better <laughs> and i thought man god you are awesome you see she was praying and then god answered her prayer and she had confidence in the fact that god was going to give. now i realize some people have confidence god's going to answer prayers that he's never promised to answer i realize that but i think there needs to be an expectation in our lives that when we pray especially when we pray according to the will of god that God acts and he works on behalf of his people. Paul said, I will rejoice. Why? Because God's people are praying. I'm getting ready. Something's about to happen. And uh, he's he's already shared some things that were happening. But he says, I, I'm expectant of what what God's going to do in answer to the prayers of his people. So... Choose to rejoice because problems in in God's salvation. Choose to rejoice because people are praying for your needs. And then finally, choose to rejoice because the Holy Spirit is supplying what you need. Uh, as, as God's people pray and as you pray, the Spirit of God supplies our needs. Look at what he says in verse 19. Because I know this will lead to my deliverance through your prayers and help from the Spirit of God. Now that word "help," that English word "help," uh, comes from a Greek word that's emphatic, uh, epikoreias, epicure, is the way you say it, and uh, and it's related to another verb. But anyway, the, the, it means supply. But if you look at that sister word, it means super supply. It means. Um, that God will supply the financial needs you have. That God will, will supply uh, your, your needs just in general. Uh, that, that God will give you strength. Uh, one usage of the word was that God strengthens us. Uh, and so when he uses this word, it's an emphatic word, and he's saying, not only will the Holy Spirit supply what you need, he'll supply super abundantly what you need. And and so Paul says, I choose to rejoice because I know the Spirit of God will supply exactly what I need and even more than I need. Um, we, we were talking before the service, uh, um, and... I was I was remembering back um, to to some times in my life where the Spirit of God supplied what I need in preaching. One time in Blossom, I was having especially bad asthma problem, and I was sitting on the front row, and I couldn't even remember the title of my message. and And I, you know, I started jotting that, that down in my Bible, <laughs> but uh, uh, at that time I didn't. and And I was thinking, God, how am I going to preach this message? I don't even rem- I can't think straight. I can't. I can't deal with this. And so I just began to pray. I Lord, if, you're gonna, if this is going to happen, you're going to have to do it. And so I got up to preach the message, and it's like all that went away. I had perfect clarity of mind. I preached the message. And uh, as, I, as I walked down afterwards uh, to, to the back, I began to feel myself closing off again. <laughs> and it was like God said, okay, I'll just do it. For this period of time, I'll give you what you need. Uh, to do what I've called you to do. Um, other times, God has supplied my need when I've needed encouragement, and I've just sensed a special encouragement and a closeness to the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls him the comforter. And uh, what an amazing thing when you have no answers and you, and you don't have any control over your circumstances. That's the, that's the definition of what Paul is experiencing. He's in a prison cell. I mean, you can't get much less control than that. Uh, You have no control about where you go or what anybody else does. You are completely dependent on others. Uh, But what a joy to know that when you don't have the answers, God is with you. And and, and to sense His presence. Holy Spirit does that. I can remember, uh, there's been a, a host of times that God has done this in my life, but where I've struggled, and I'll just sense as I pray, and I'm just... Telling God about my problems. said, Lord, here's, here's, here it is. Here's, here's my feeling. Here's my, my heart. Here's my struggle. And as I share with God, I just sense the Spirit of God touch my heart. It's going to be okay. I'm with you. Take courage. Paul says, I know he's going to be there for me. I know he's going to supply what I need uh, emotionally. I know He's going to supply my needs physically. Um, God often supplies your needs through the body of Christ. Uh, when you were in prison in that day and time, it, they didn't give you three square meals a day and cable television. You had to supply everything that you had had to come from people that were your friends. I mean, if, if your friends didn't care about you and didn't bring you food, you went hungry. I mean, it was, they weren't going to spend... Uh, government money to to feed the criminals. If you you either had friends or or you were in trouble, but God would use His people, and the Spirit of God would move upon another person to meet that need. Uh, one of my favorite things uh, to read. Occasionally, I'll pull it out and I'll read part of it. I don't know if I've ever gotten all the way through it, but I'll read, you know, four or five pages or maybe a chapter. It's George Mueller's autobiography and, and they'll have experts from his excerpts from his journal and uh, great men of faith but he would pray he had a completely faith based ministry he he told them he didn't want them to pay him a salary okay I don't feel led to do that <laughs> but he said he said don't pay me a salary don't set aside money for these orphanages he said God will supply and everything he did, he did on his knees in prayer. And he said there's multiple times he would be praying. He'd run out of the groceries. God, will you send groceries? And he's down on his knees praying, and somebody knocks at the door and says, Hey, we brought you these groceries. And his needs were always met. And not only were his needs met, but he started multiple orphanages. God just laid that upon his heart. That was his heart in multiple orphanages, God supplied every need. As he put that on his heart to do, he supplied every need to accomplish it. The Holy Spirit of God can use you as a body to minister to each other. And so be sensitive to those promptings of the Spirit if God prompts you to do something because it may be God knows that somebody's getting ready to pray for that. And he's using you as an answer to that prayer. And the Holy Spirit of God is supplying what's needed through you. Um, from time to time, I'll have, I have a, a, uh, one of my family members or sometimes a church member will say, Hey, you've been on my heart lately. Now, most of the time, they don't know what's going on in my life. But God's laid me upon their heart to pray, for, pray to pray for me. And I say, hmm, that's funny. I've sure needed prayer lately. (laughs) Thank you uh, for doing that. But it's amazing how God can can know exactly where you are and what you need and supply that through his Holy Spirit for you. Uh, So Paul says, I choose to rejoice. God's on my side. The Holy Spirit's going to supply my need. Uh, Whatever may come, I am secure in the hands of God. Of my God who loves me, so regardless, I choose to rejoice. Um, that's a choice each of us needs to make. It's a choice of faith, uh, and it's what one of the things that sets apart Christians from from every other religion, and every other people, because only people who have faith in God can have joy in the midst of. of Bad circumstance. Only people who have the Spirit of God can choose joy in their life, and and I just what a what a blessing it is to be a child of God. I don't know what you're going through tonight. Maybe it's a, a financial need, a, a, a an issue in your home, maybe between family members, uh, maybe it's an issue at work. But whatever it is, God is with you. Choose to rejoice. Put your eyes on Him. Deal with problems, but don't stay there. Uh, Refocus your eyes upon the Lord and upon your hope. Upon the fact that God's people are praying and upon the fact that the Holy Spirit is super abundantly able to supply your need and has a heart to do so. What a blessed people we are. Choose to rejoice. Father, thank you so much for the incredible love that you show us. Thank you for the hope that you've given us. Father, regardless of what's on the news or or whatever we experience in our lives, you're able to sustain us. You said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. I thank you for that.